This is yours. This is ours. This is mine. What's up and welcome to Minds. I'm your host, Jay Hernandez, and it is officially the home stretch of the 2015 Christmas shopping season. I hope you got your shopping in, hope you got your gifts in, because uh, if I seem a little more chipper than my last broadcast, it's because I conquered Christmas 2015. I covered everyone. Now, for the most part, I'm not responsible for a lot. Cover a few people... A little bit of socking stuffers, and the rest, you know, is taken care of. But someone a long time ago let me in on a little clue, a little secret. And that's that if the people you love get to open even the littlest something from you, just anything, a little trinket, a card, a hat, uh, I don't know, anything, just whatever, whatever you can think of, it will make all the difference. Now, I learned this, uh, or actually got to see the results of this in play uh, at a birthday party, or uh, actually a birthday dinner that I did for my mother a bunch of years back. It was after, you know, I had spent a little bit of time trying to reconnect with her, and, uh, you know, because I just, the minute I saw Freedom, I hightailed it out of there and didn't look back. Now, for me, it wasn't... Uh, you know, too long of a, a span of time that passed before I had to sort of make my way back in that direction. So, you know, I found myself uh, reckoning with, with myself and, and you know, I took this little bit of advice and uh, I made a, a, a nice dinner res- reservation for, for us and, you know, we all went out. She opened her present and, you know, it was just these little things that I would picked up and she loved it, you know. It was nice for her to, to be able to open something and to, you know, share a moment and, uh, you know, she still has the things to this day. She she makes sure that she lets me know whenever she's wearing them. She shows them to me. And it's it's a nice feeling because I can remember when I gave them to her. And it was a good moment. So you, you got to make some effort, even if the people that you love or just like or that you know that are important to you tell you that, you know, it's the thought that counts. Just, you know, keep me in mind or, you know, whatever. Send me a text or this and that. That's all well and good. I mean, that is true for the most part. It should be, at least. It is uh, the season of giving. You know, the idea that that there are good feelings and thoughts out there in the world for you and for other people uh, coming from those that you love and, and trust and whatever. But at the same time, if they're that important, it shouldn't be that much of an effort to just get out there and and just pick up a little something. A little something that shows that, that you're thinking about them more than just... Uh, to see what they're up to or what, you know, what kind of, what kind of air they're burning at that moment through a text or something. So today's guest uh, is Joe Jennings, AKA Roe Jennings, tour manager, uh, who's toured with the likes of the parlor mob, Nicole Atkins, puddles, the clown, who's actually doing a, an event at the house of independence in Asbury park. And, uh, he's a good guy, you know, he's, he's, I caught him a few years back, and uh, you know we were reflecting on old times, and he had made his way back to living at mom's, and you know things weren't looking too great, but at the same time he was uh, optimistic. You know he's just like I'm gonna, just gonna ride it out a little bit here, figure out what the hell I'm doing, and uh, and take it from there. You know I had a little had a few things to say about film school that, that you'll hear us talk about uh, in the conversation, but it was always nice catching up with him. He's just a good real dude. You know, a guy that I consider a friend. Um, you know, the kind of guy that you could share a bit of information with, uh, that you were done kicking around your own head, but weren't ready to share with the with the group at large. You know, a vault type. He was the first guy that I got to see behind a camera and really, you know, really take action, um, filming stuff and just kind of getting things from the moment doing the, the hands-on editing, which, I mean, I never got to see, but we always got to see the result, and the moments that he was there with the camera, we knew what was coming, kept things fun, kept things, uh, you know, truthful and candid, and made sure to, to deliver the message, uh, you know, because this was at the point where I was uh, doing a short stint in the band What About Frank, which in turn turned into the Parlor Mob, 
And, um, you know, so it was always nice to, to see him around with the camera. You know, we were uh, playing our hearts out, trying to, you know, drum up some attention to get some, you know, management or whatever it was and all that yada yada. You know, so he, he was kind enough to share some time with me uh, over the phone. He's in California right now uh, where his headquarters are and, uh, you know, shared some good stuff. And, and you know, I tor- sort of took the podcast back into its um, uh, mission statement uh, direction and, and tried to, you know, grill him about exactly what his job entails and, and, and what it is he does and, and, you know, what, you know, a tour manager uh, is. You know, so if you want to know what it's like to be kidnapped off the road in uh, Tijuana, I mean, he can't tell you, but he'll you'll hear what it's like to deal with the administrative end of it, going out of the country and dealing with uh, you know, passport situations and, and gig situations and equipment situations. I mean, it's got to be a nightmare, and this is the guy that is in charge of all that, uh, you know, getting the band the you know waters you know passing out flyers making sure that you know they're there on time that uh you know that the the venues are ready for them and that you know things are set up for uh you know each band to go on in a timely fashion and get things um you know wrapped up pretty tight because you know there's a lot of traveling involved and if you're not on the road on time you're not going to make to the next gig on time and then you know on go the dominoes that just keep falling either uh, in your favor or against it uh, based on what he um is able to to keep in line and 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 put in motion. But in the end, uh, it seems like he is learning the ropes from good people and is able to provide a, a great service and experience to his clients. It sounds like he cares about his job and the people that he hangs out with. You know, he's got figured out little little things, you know, places to bring them, uh parlayed, you know, uh sleeping spaces for them out of just, you know, a dead-end uh, night situation. Uh, cool spots to hang out, uh, you know, knows how to deal with uh, long car rides and silences and all that. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to deal with. Uh, I mean, just a band being in a band in general and on the road is, is a big, is a big deal, big to do a lot of tension, a lot of miles, uh, a lot of time to, to fill. And, and, you know, unless you're, you go prepared, uh, you're going to, chances are you're going to drive yourself nuts or somebody else nuts. So to add another guy in the mix who's, uh, you know, uh, quote-unquote in charge and is keeping the keeping the train going, it's just another, um, you know, another uh, another leg to kick out when, uh, when shit hits the fan. So it was good catching up with an old friend. Uh, we, did a, we did a FaceTime, so we got, you know, to stare at each other for an hour. It was nice. It brought back uh, good feelings and old memories. Got to touch on a couple things. And, um, you know, and I asked him about his uh, production company that he had going a little while ago and, uh, you know, kicked around some ideas. I mean, he's got his his feelings over it and, and the fact that, um, you know, it's hard to, to get certain things going, especially when you're out on the road and uh, don't spend too much time at home when you're working. But you, you never know. I mean, we're young yet. So the future is uh, is ours and uh, and anything can really happen. So I hope to hear uh, some more coming out of this guy and. uh and with that, let's 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 hear what he's got. There he goes. There he is. What's going on? You hear me all right? I can hear you fine. All right, all right. What's going on, Joe? Not much, dude. How you doing? Doing. I'm doing. Doing. You working? How's your uh, How's your basement life going on over there? Your basement life's going good. Want to take a look around? Yeah, let me see what you got. Check out the Sunjin over here. See, I got my drum kit. Got my washer and oh, dryer yeah. over there. Got my amps. You know, mm-hmm. Some vacuums hanging out, you know. Here's my table. My brother-in-law made that out of a pallet. Nice. You're getting you're getting the you're getting there. Almost right. almost Pinterest quality. Almost right? Pinterest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, next thing you know, I'll sell it. I think shit when mm-hmm. shit gets hard. <laughs> So what's up, man? What are you up to? Not much, dude. California dreaming. All right. How's it going out? How's part it working of, out? I'm part of the mass exodus that's been happening. Okay. Yeah. It seems like everybody came up to uh, the Asbury Park area, which I like to uh, I like to claim that I was uh, a bit ahead of my time. You know, I kind mm-hmm. of I kind of saw the uh, saw the light before uh, beforehand. You know, I even started out. I had a kid and everything. Just 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 off the bat, just to get you know, just to. You did that before everybody else too. You know, you were <laughs> yeah. ahead of everybody. 
That's it, man. I was just trying to get out of the you way. Were having, you were having kids before having kids was cool, you know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sort of like the Kurt Cobain of uh, family <laughs> musician. <laughs> <laughs> so what's good, man? Not much, dude. Just uh, out here. Came out here because of the girlfriend life. Okay. That started up in uh, Philadelphia. And uh, was pretty much struggling all the beginning of this year trying to find work, but... Just did my first tour again with this uh, Swedish pop star, cool. Eric Hassel. All right. So that was interesting. First pop star tour, dude. That was Screaming it. Girls. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I had a little taste of that. I did uh, a couple sold out nights with a, a friend of mine's band. They asked me to fill it on guitar, and uh, I just boot camped it. I did it. It was two 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 nights in the city. Uh, one at uh, the Webster Hall basement, and uh, the other one was at the um, the Rough Trade. That was crazy, dude. Crazy. I mean, you move your arm, and they're like, Wah! it's like a wave yeah. starts from right, you know, as close to the stage and then as far back as it can go. It's nuts, man. Nuts. This guy, this guy would literally just, every time he would like do a squat down on the stage, <laughs> like that, girls went nuts, dude. <laughs> yes. So that was, was in the States? Yeah. Uh, there was a couple uh, Canada dates too, but mainly US, yeah. Cool, cool, man. How's that Canada border? Rough, dude. Yeah. For real? <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's pretty brutal, you know? I mean, they'll hold you up if they want to. Right, right, right. Yeah, i never been, but so... You don't have the squeaky queen record like me, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. my run-ins. <laughs> hey, you keep things interesting, man. Keep things mm-hmm. interesting. So what's... Uh, describe to me the life of a tour manager, because, you know, I, I, I think I kind of got off base with the uh, with my whole... My whole uh, game plan my whole uh, mission statement with the uh with the minds podcast thing because you know really i started off this thing to to learn things about people and uh uh-huh. especially you know in in businesses and stuff that that i don't know much about um and tour yeah. managing is has always been like that that thing i mean they're always there um you you, you guys are at the front line uh, you're taking care of uh you know shit with the clubs and stuff but like i just you know Maybe you can shine a little bit of light on uh, certain situations that I don't understand or just how you go about getting work or whatever. Just, you know, kick it. Well, going going about getting work is mainly just, uh, you know, word of mouth and meeting new people. Every time you go on tour, you're going to meet an opening band or different people at different venues, and they're going to pass along your name, and you just got to hope you're a good guy and people recommend you, you know. But um, as far as, I mean, you handle everything. You're just kind of like... I've been, I've only been uh, on small crew to one man crew tours, you know. So I basically handle everything. Um, you're there mainly for the band. You're helping them, you know, load in, set up uh, everything they need behind the scenes as far as the green room stuff, the the dinner buyouts. You settle at the end of the show. You book all the travel arrangements. If there's going to be some flights on the tour where you got to fly and drop off a rental car, do stuff like that. Um, most of the time, you handle the majority of the driving. Uh, <laughs> you're holding on to all the receipts. You're doing the accounting. You're the one that's the middleman with the record label, the management, the booking agents, you know, everybody's calling your phone mostly or you're writing you an email before they hit up the band, you know, just because okay. right. that's what they're paying you for. So that green room stuff, that's like the uh, the bowl full of uh, green Skittles, you know, some uh, whipped cream pancakes, uh-huh. some of that weird shit. Yeah. You get I've me? never, I've only been with one band that had uh, like a, a gag thing on their rider and the, the J. Roddy Walston guys used to ask for a portrait of the first family. <laughs> that was open for interpretation you know people could put a uh, picture of some random thing that they thought was their first family like could have been a caveman right, or something right, like that right. okay but majority we were getting some framed pictures of the obamas in our green room every night so. <laughs> there you go Pretty all fun. right so you got it all right they got it good they got it right mm-hmm. um all right so you got a little bit of everything you're doing some accounting uh do you you do um because i have a little bit of experience talking about this with uh with some of the um friends that i have uh in one band that's starting to get you know their things uh their shit going um or as far as like do you handle like the twitter accounts and like the instagrams and stuff no usually somebody on the label side will be on top of that like a pr person or something but i've definitely been asked on the last tour i just did with that 
Eric Hassel kid, I was doing like photos and taking some video that would be used for it, but I'm not the one posting it. You know, I would just like, that was because they knew I took, I took pictures and I did video stuff. That's how I got started, you know? Right. And then this and, way you could be the guy, uh, that's, uh, you can get the whole band in the picture. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But I mean, with most of that stuff, I like to try and keep that to a minimal. I find it when you when you show people too much, and then there's like no mystery. Yeah. Then you, know, it kind of makes. That's why there's no like real rock stars, you know. Right. Because everybody knows too much about everybody. You know, it's like, oh, I'm obsessed with this guy. Let's see what. Let's pull him up. Oh, cool. He's at home eating a fucking cheeseburger. Like, boring, dude. I'm doing that. You know, like that guy's not a rock star. I'm just like that guy. You know. Right. 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 Look, here's a picture. That's of why there's no. Looking like, like when Led Zeppelin up. was doing their thing, Led Zeppelin's doing their thing. Nobody knew anything about him, you know, besides what they saw in a, like interview here and there, or you know when they went to go see him play on stage, and that was it. And that's why there was like this like phenomenon and stuff that people didn't know is always more interesting, you know. Right. Yeah, I noticed that on your feed. Yeah, they did. They actually went, you know, went, went about it, doing it that way, and uh, it it does really add to the mysticism to this day because you know you can't really yeah. get a hold of more too mystery much. the better. Yeah, I noticed that uh, on your feed uh, as I was checking it out, and uh, yeah, it's funny because it came into mind uh, where I was like, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, you would think he would post like a whole lot more stuff, um, but but it, you know, after a while, you realize the quality of each uh, of each experience, you know, little photo, or whatever, spoke more, you know, in that sense than uh, than you know, just doing like a like a rundown of the day to day, like oh, we just woke up, oh, we just got in the car, oh, you know, this and that, so. Check out this gas station. Right, right, right. This is what I'm eating. <laughs> I'm hungry again. Yeah. Um, so you ever been uh, out of the country with a band? Yeah. Um, well, just Canada, and then I um, toured with this band, Twin Shadow. They're like an uh, electronic-y rock group, and uh, George, the singer, his family lives in the uh, Dominican Republic. Okay. And they have at a festival down there and they asked him to play so we went down there for that and then Nicole uh, brought me to Europe with her after a US tour we were uh, opening for the Eels oh okay at, so that was uh, you like guys were on that like uh, 90s band Eels yeah I'm, I'm a little uh, familiar with them I, when I was on that tour I was like talking to my mom like yeah I'm out with the Eels she's like oh my god I love the Eagles and I was like <laughs> no. oh mom different but uh yeah we, so we did that we did a u.s tour with them and then um there was a, a european leg after it immediately and uh halfway through the u.s run they invited her to do the european run cool and uh she obviously was like yeah great and then i never done a european tour before so she needed a european tour manager kind of you know mm -hmm. at least somebody that knew the lay of the land and different laws for crossing different borders and how that works over there. But at the same time, she was doing it solo. She was just opening acoustically. She didn't have a band. Oh, wow. She was like, well, I don't want to just go over there by myself and have a stranger that's going to be my tour manager. She's like, so if I can get your airfare, do you want to come? And I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, let's go. <laughs> do like six weeks in Europe, sure, of course. So we did it. We get out there. I flew out there. She left me in Houston. And uh, Shaky Jake, you know Shaky? I've seen the uh, the Instagram. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Yeah, with yeah. Well, um, he's like friends with her and a bunch of other people. But he uh, he flew down from Pennsylvania and met us in Houston. And he drove with me just to return the rental car in L.A. because that's where he picked it up. Right. And uh, that's where I met him basically and became homies. And I ended up moving it to Philadelphia with him. But that's a tangent. Um, so then I just flew to, uh, dropped the car off and then flew basically right to the UK to meet her. And we got there and we did everything and there was a, a, a second opener. Nicole was in the middle slot and the first opener was this, uh, seven foot tall clown. <laughs> that thing with like this Scott Walker operatic type voice. Right, right, And his right. wife was with him and she would join him on stage dressed as a monkey and she would just eat bananas and like kind of jerk off the bananas and throw them into the crowd and <laughs> it was some warped warped stuff and they were by themselves they were, they were just a husband and wife from Atlanta and uh we actually finagled it so I ended up tour managing them on that 
European run so I could get a little spending money on it. But that worked out, and that was a crazy experience, just traveling in a van with a clown and a monkey and Nicole Atkins. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, they, that sounds like some weird European shit, but those guys were from the States, huh? Yeah, from Atlanta, yeah. That's He's crazy. actually... He just blew up, dude. That guy is all over the place now. I, I was looking, and he's like, uh, he's just like playing for like a sultan in the Middle East somewhere, or like Holy doing like shit. crazy Indian tours. Like he just got crazy famous from the internet. Well, that's like some uh, some medieval like jestery type shit. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I could see that. That's Either cool. doing that or comedy festivals or something, you know? Right, right. right. Just hope he doesn't get his freaking head chopped off. So you got matching surfs up tattoos with those guys, huh? Yeah, yeah, me, Nicole, and the two Scottish guys. One is now her husband, Q. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, we were in uh, Amsterdam, and uh, I had no tattoos at the time. Nice. And Nicole's like, we should get a tattoo, we should get a tattoo. And it was a weird thing where we were in Amsterdam for like three or four days or something like that, because we were playing multiple dates at the same venue. So we were... You know, pretty pretty shot out by the second day or third day of just partying in Amsterdam. So hell yeah, decisions were whatever, and I was like, fine, we'll do it. Matching tattoos, let's go. Like, what are we gonna get? And then Nicole came up with the idea of just surfs up, like written out. And then I was like, well, before I let Nicole's imagination go any further than that, like, <laughs> yep, that's good. Let's get that. I can do that one. Let's go. I'm in. Let's not get anything crazier or something that's going to be so shitty and lame. But so yeah, surfs up, cool. Anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> so do you guys, uh, you guys ever end up like staying with people? You got, you guys got like, uh, like connections at like people that uh, that you know or whatever. Or is it mainly just like hotels? Uh, nowadays, nowadays it's more hotels, but definitely like parlor mob days, early Nicole days were, uh, were definitely like people messaging them on MySpace or Facebook or whatever it was at the time and being like, hey, we're fans and we're coming to the show tonight. If you guys want to save money, um, you can stay with us. And said, yeah, yeah, a bunch of you know, one person was uh, this couple in Portland and uh, we actually stayed with them multiple times. But the first time they messaged Nicole and we said yes. And they're like, oh, we have this extra studio that we don't use. You guys can stay there. We'll like set up, like we'll leave stuff for you, so you guys are all set up. And then we have another apartment right around the corner where the other band can stay. This is when we were on tour. Uh, Parlor Mob was opening for Nicole, right? And uh, we get there, and it's just like this loft above a garage, and there's like these naked mannequins everywhere, like a disco ball, like pink furry, like rug, and like a TV projection screen that's folded down, and and I'm just like, oh my god. These people are swingers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and they totally were. They definitely oh, were. Dude. But they were super nice. And then uh, I guess the swinger thing didn't work out because when we went back and stayed with them, the, the boyfriend was gone and it was just the girl. But yeah, yeah. We stayed with them multiple times. Nice people, you know? <laughs> you went back. <laughs> oh, yeah, we went back. They left us. They left us some good hospitality, you know, let us have a little weed and some beers. It was nice. Showing up, it was like, Airbnb, dude, of back then, you know. All right, all right. Nothing got weird. There was no, uh, no come on. No, they were super nice. Now they, they weren't trying to step on anybody's toes. I mean, it's like ten of you guys. It's probably like their dream. <laughs> no, just a bunch of dudes and one girl. They're, they're not into that. You know, <laughs> Sweat, not sweaty dudes. <laughs> that's not the, that's not the orgy they want, dude. <laughs> so, uh, so what's up with the, uh, with the dogs? Is your dog's name Pig? No, Fry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen a bunch of pictures with like... Oh, no, you're talking about uh, Aubrey, my friend in Brooklyn. They have a blind mastiff, and his name's Hank, but they call him the pig. Pig tree. Oh, okay, all right. Because I'm just like... But, uh, no, I got, a, uh, I got a, a pit bull mix French fry. He's over here being a freak right now. <laughs> artist dog ever. He's the homie. Awesome, awesome. So who watches your dog when you're out of town? We bring him with, dude. Nice, man. Awesome. We pretty much bring him everywhere, but uh, the girlfriend's usually got him when I go on tour. But if we go anywhere together, he comes with. He's been everywhere with us. He flies on planes with us. That's we got so him shit. as a certified emotional support animal, which basically you just go to a doctor and get a note, and then they're not allowed. <laughs> to, they're not allowed to question it, like what's wrong with you, because that would be a pretty messed up question, you know? Yeah. So he just comes on the plane. That's awesome. And sits at our, sits at our feet. 
And people are like, that pit bull is not service. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that dude. But he's such he's so good that, you know, by the end they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry I was judging you. That crying baby was way worse than your dog. Oh, hell yeah. I know it. I know it. I seen uh I was watching um uh hello, Louis Louis C K. Uh he's he does stand up and he's got the mm-hmm. bit with the crying baby and the guy's mm-hmm. looking at him like, you know, could you? Could you? And he, just, <laughs> he does the whole where he strangles the imaginary baby, you know, to death. Yeah. And he's, he's got that, and it's like only he could pull that off. You strangle a fucking mm-hmm. baby and make it make the whole freaking uh, make the whole room laugh. Louis is top notch. He is top notch. I mean, he covers covers all the ground and uh, makes people laugh. Doesn't piss anybody off. Got a great show. So, what do you guys do uh, out on the road for fun? Oh, that's, that's a big thing. You know, that's, that's something that I try to, uh, try to plan out no matter where we're going. I'll, I'll kind of see the routing on a tour and then I'll like see if there's any weird, like offbeat roadside attractions that are going to be a fun little stop where we can stop for gas and stuff. Or then like just other things, you know, Dave and Buster's, there's one in a lot of cities (laughs) and I'm dude, I'm going to, I'm going to back Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's happens pretty frequently. Official plug. But the Jay Roddy guys, we went to a lot of baseball games. That was fun. Parlor Mob guys went to baseball games. Um, haven't really done a strip club in a while. That used to happen. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of a sort of a time in your life sort of <laughs> venue thing. Yeah, I mean, I've been to some recently on tours, but you know, it's just. The thought is always better than the reality, you know? Oh, <laughs> you get yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've never actually been to one. All but, right, uh, you guys ready to go now? It's been a half hour. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. That sweater girl's coming around for a second swoop. Yeah, yeah. I've already seen her. Let's go. <laughs> this is not cool anymore. Uh, what about thing, when things get just like like boring and tense and just long fucking rides and shit? What do you guys, uh, you guys lose yourself in something or, or just kind of get some sleep? Yeah, or? I mean, now. Nowadays, I feel like on the super long drives, everyone just kind of puts on headphones and does their own thing. Sometimes, like the Parlor Mob guys, they had like the conversion van that had like the TV in it, you know? Yeah. Be playing like PlayStation and everybody was kind of involved, but majority of the van tours now, I'm just in like the big 15 passenger and everyone just kind of has their own bench space and puts the headphones on, has a laptop and does their own thing. And then I'm just kind of up in the driver's seat driving in silence. Thinking nice. about life. <laughs> <laughs> about how I could just drive this thing right off the road right now. <laughs> what am I doing? Somebody here? talk to me. <laughs> so it's uh I've noticed you've been to um to some pretty cool places like a Cadillac Ranch. Um uh, you, you guys were up at uh Walter White's house, right? Over in Albuquerque. Is that in Albuquerque? Or? Yeah. Yeah, it's in Albuquerque. Me and my that was on uh one of the first Jay Roddy tours I did. Uh it was just an end of their tour. And it was basically when they had their old tour manager and they were swapping him out for me because I think he had another gig. And I flew to Oakland to meet them for the last day of the tour. And they didn't want to drive all the way back to – they're all based in Baltimore and Richmond. Okay. And they weren't trying to do that drive at the end of their tour. So they were going to fly home and my whole job was just to drive the van and trailer back to their house basically in Richmond. And I was like, yeah. Sure, I'm gonna get paid for a week of doing that. Cool. So I uh, I brought my girlfriend and we just had a cross country trip together. So that was fun. And we stopped in Albuquerque, stopped at a lot of places. Walter White's house. We went to the car wash from Breaking Bad. Nice. Cadillac Ranch. Went to a steakhouse where if you eat, I don't know how big it was. It was like if you eat like a 84 ounce steak or something insane, like a, a meat boogie board, you get it for free. But you have to in an hour. People were doing it while I was there. It was crazy. You didn't try it? No, dude. You have to eat. It's not even just the steak. You have to eat the steak, like three sides of who knows what it is, and then like a a starter salad they give you two. And you have to eat all of it in like an hour. And (laughs) nobody came even close. But the, the internet informed me that a girl went in there and did it in like 12 minutes recently or something like that. Get it was like the a world out of here. Like a famous steak eater. I guess you can be famous for that nowadays, but <laughs> she's the world's best steak eater. Yeah. Get it girl. Shit, <laughs> man. Holy cow. So, uh, so what do you, what are like the coolest places you've ever visited? 
I mean, those those are some pretty top ones. So I mean, if those yeah, I mean, I mean, Europe was just in general was all so new and so different that that was definitely like pretty exciting for me, you know, just like and uh, Nicole's tour manager for that is this guy T. And uh, he's the best dude ever. He's the Scottish guy, kind of short. Seriously, looks like he just walked out of a like snatch, you know, like the movie. He yeah. looks like a soccer, you know, like he's got a crazy lazy eye. He's missing teeth, and you'd probably be pretty intimidated to him. But then he's just the nicest guy, and he's been doing. He's been touring for so long over there that we literally would pull into a gas station, and someone would be like. Hey, T! And I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? You know that guy? We're in the middle of nowhere in Germany. Like, what the hell? You're from Scotland. <laughs> yeah. But he was really good at making sure that he brought us to, like, all these different places. Anytime we had a day off, he would bring us somewhere cool. So, like, he brought us to Venice on a day off. That was cool. Stonehenge on a quick drive and stuff like that. So, just, like, weird little things that he's probably done so many times. But he still does it for every artist he's with, you know? And I definitely took that away from touring with him like now when i'm out with bands yeah i try to share like oh we're gonna stop at this random thing that i know is over here in the desert where you go in the back of this gas station and there's a mummified baby in the back you know let's you guys are gonna want to see that <laughs> is you that know? a real thing yeah it's a real thing <laughs> it's called they called the thing and nice. it's in the middle of the and it's such a it's like a paper mache brown paper bag you know but right, right, it's right. well worth a dollar well worth a dollar. oh hey yeah you gotta keep it cheap on the road <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. So, uh, that, yeah, it's some legacy shit right there. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely know where some weird stuff is. Every time I, I see a route, I can pretty much tell you where we're gonna stop and stuff. So that's fun. Um, any weird shit ever go down? I mean, you got some weird shit already. Some <laughs> swingers, mannequin shit. I mean, I've definitely like the go-to. I mean, yeah, besides the clown and the monkey and all that stuff, uh, I dealt with a kidnapping by a drug cartel. So that's under my. That's on my resume now. Of kidnapping. one of your crew or one of the... The band that I was supposed to be tour managing got whole... kidnapped in Mexico by a drug cartel. <laughs> yeah. This band, this band DeLorean, uh, they're from Barcelona, and they have the same management as uh, Twin Shadow. So that's how I got the gig. Right. I'd been with Shadow the previous year or whatever, and the tour was starting in San Francisco. And uh, me and the front of house, who was also Twin Shadows front of house, he's from New York, this kid, Mark Endozo, uh, super cool, super uh, talented kid. Uh, we flew out to San Francisco, got a hotel, and we were going to just pick them up at the airport the next day right. and then start U.S. tour, you know, like six weeks or something like that. And um, we had all the band's gear that was uh, rented out and backlined uh, shipped to the hotel. So, you know, we check into our room and there's just like, stacks of cardboard boxes everywhere of all this stuff I have to like sort through or whatever. And uh, I get a perk of the job. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Unloading cardboard boxes in a hotel room. Um, But then I get a phone call at like five in the morning, the right before I'm about to go pick them up that day. And I like answered it and I'm all like kind of just out of it. Like, hello. And uh, the person just goes, Hey, Hey, is this Roe? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, hey, this is so-and-so with blah, blah, blah. It was like their booking agent or somebody. And uh, he was like, have you been in contact with the band at all? And I was like, no, I'm uh, picking them up in the airport in a few hours. That's about it, you know? And he's like, okay, well, um, I don't want to alarm you or anything. We basically, um, we've gotten word that the band has been kidnapped in Mexico. So um, basically what we're going to have you do is just sit tight at the hotel, continue on with the day as if, you know, uh, everything is okay and everything's on schedule and uh, we're going to call you back in a little bit and go over this again. And I was like, for real? <laughs> <laughs> they are like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And then hung up with them. Uh, the front of house is just like sleeping next to me. He kind of wakes up. He's like, what's up? I was like, I'm going outside for a cigarette. I think the band's been kidnapped. And he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'll be back later, dude. And then like I came back, they called me and I was put on a conference call with like their manager uh, booking agent and basically like Interpol, international. Jesus Christ. And they like gave me, they gave me like the rundown on. Yeah. Somebody yeah. calling? Yeah. Wife's, wife's Uh oh. Um, so basically they, uh, they called me and they just gave me like the rundown on like kidnapping protocol and like 
how you just have to not let anything leak to the media or Twitter or anything like that because if kidnappers like see that it's in the media, now all of a sudden they have like this extra leverage right. and they can like it against everybody. So I basically just had to like go to the venue and be like, because they were playing that night in San Francisco and I had to go there and be like, oh yeah, I think they just missed their flight. They should, they should be here. They should be here. Everything's chill. And then everyone's like, okay. And then like, I had to be like, okay, we're going to have to cancel the show. They're not going to make it. And they're like, well, well this is what's happened. And I was like, oh, they're just kind of stranded in Mexico right now, but hopefully we'll be able to reschedule. I'll have you, I'm going to have their manager call you and all this stuff. And I was at the hotel for about four or five days in San Francisco while they were kidnapped. And, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know how they got. They were released. I was never given the details on how they were released, but they never saw their kidnappers. Holy crap! It's crazy. So they just got like scooped up. Uh, I guess like fucking black van style. Or no, the story I got was that they they went sightseeing. Like they went to the pyramids in Mexico City. They were down there for a festival. There was a shit ton of bands down there. Okay. And. I- they went sightseeing and hired some guy to bring them to the pyramids, and they think that guy was the person that like called whoever he called and was like, "Hey, foreign band, staying at this hotel, you know, do right. what you want with them." And then when they got back to their hotel, there was a note for them that was like, "This is the Mexican police. We're we're moving bands to a different hotel because there's a drug cartel activity in the area." And we just want to make sure everybody's safe. So we're moving you to a hotel. Go to this hotel. There's going to be a room in your name. Check in. And, uh, you know, we'll call you when you're there. And they're like, okay. So they went to another hotel. Sure enough, there's a room in their name. They check in. They get into their room. The phone rings. They answer it. And then they're like, okay, this is what really just happened. You were kidnapped. We're watching you. If you leave the room, we kill you. Simple as that. Holy one of you is going to leave. One of you is going to leave. Go buy a burner phone for yourself and for us. You're going to leave the one for us on this street corner. Then we're going to call you and negotiate uh, ransom with your manager on a conference call, basically. You know, run-of-the-mill kidnapper shit. Yeah, but, I mean, that's the other thing, too. Like, they don't know who it was. It could have just been a bunch of teenagers, you know? Right, like, right, right. That's the whole thing is so crazy because you never saw them, but you can't risk it. You're in fucking Mexico, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. I went to the uh, the Dominican and I wasn't fucking with anything there. Well, I actually did. I did drag Liz off of the resort <clears throat> on the beach. From the beach, you can leave the resort. And then between uh, the two resorts <laughs> was this sketchy tunnel that was like 185 degrees. And you walk in. And, uh, you know, as soon as you leave the resort on the beach, you know, they got the property lines or whatever. You got like 10 hustlers running up to you, talking at you a million miles a minute, trying to grab your arm, trying to, you know, come to my shop, come to my shop. Oh man, Liz, she she hates me to this day. We got some, we got some bullshit like scarves and and bowls. I just we bought. I just like grabbed the first shit. But you grabbed. already sold in a garage sale. Yeah, yeah. The the bowl had <laughs> had like burnt weed ash in it. Yeah, this guy was like, "Yeah, you want this? Come yeah, on." Yeah. I'm like, I can't. Found this in a dumpster, dude. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Did you put that one in your book? That's like a uh, <laughs> tour tour manager uh, kidnapping protocol. Yeah, basically. Well, now I I definitely learned a lot from it for sure. Like, what you don't do in a country like Mexico or definitely a lot of South America, you don't try any of that shit. Where if you're not with a local guide that somebody in an immediate party or third party that you know recommends to bring you around places, you don't you don't trust anybody. You know? Yeah, you yeah. don't. We had the uh, we 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 took a tour too, also into the city of. Uh... I forget the name of this. I just want to forget that fucking vacation is the worst thing, um, you know. And like we we booked these this big tour. It was like twelve supposed to be like around twelve or fourteen people because uh, we heard that the private tours. I mean, first off, the private tours are super expensive and they're sketchy as hell because it's just like four, you know, three people in the city uh, with like you know one guy and he's usually it's usually like an American or like a white guy, you know, just like a you know foreign looking dude out there. So we yeah. ended up, it was just the two of us. <clears throat> the guy brings us into the city. Uh, he's got the, the, the name of the tour on his hat, and he takes off his hat to take us into this sketchy alleyway. 
and it was just it, it was bonkers, man. I like I had to shit for like a half an hour, and he's oh yeah yeah a couple more minutes. You take the hat off, man. Yeah, like, put, put the hat back on. Obviously, we're not supposed to be here. Yeah. No no tours allowed or anything. What's going on? He stopped to get his watch fixed, and then took us around took us for a walk around the block just to try to. That kick. guy was just running errands. Yeah, guy yeah brought, you, totally. You guys, you guys paid that guy to, so he could do his errands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he stopped at a farm stand off of some freaking dirt road and bought like groceries. Like, all right. He's like, uh, I gotta go get some milk. Uh, that's an extra five dollars on the tour, you guys. Come on, fork it over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guadalupe stops by the van while I'm out. Uh, just give her a twenty, all right? <laughs> I owe her. So, um, so what are you doing with uh, with front row? Oh, man, the whole video thing—it's kind of taking a back seat for sure for a while. I mean, that's how it started, you know. That's that's what that was the original passion. When I was, that's how I met Sam and everybody. I was 16, 17, making skateboard videos with the homies. And uh, Ryan McElwain, we'll, we won't call him Giant anymore, I guess. <laughs> Even though I'm still going by Row. Um, it's a brand, though. It's crazy, though. People out, out everywhere I go still call me Row. And they're like, where'd you get the name? I'm like, nah. So this kid I know's mom was drunk on wine. It's not really that cool of a story, but <laughs> and they're like, okay, weird. Like, yes, yeah, so no. I go by fish eggs. Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, you know, Ryan introduced me to like, oh, he knew Paul from skating. And he's like, oh, these guys have a band. They're pretty good. And we should like hang out with them. And like, they probably like want us to videotape them and stuff. And uh, that's when we went to, and like, yeah, sure. And like introduced myself to Sam, gave him like a, a hoodie or something like that from our skate video, something whack. That was pretty shitty that he probably only wore a couple times. And uh he was like, oh, yeah, we're actually going up to Syracuse, New York, for our first, like, out-of-town show. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, you want to come and film? And I was like, yeah. And uh, me and Ryan went. And, uh, I mean, were you on that first one? Not the first one. But that's the like, – so that's where yeah. that got started? Because from that, that, that point on that – was that, that was the first time hanging out with everybody, that first Syracuse trip. And uh, – yeah, I mean, it was hilarious, you know, for to be 17 or 18 at the time, whatever we were. And just Paul, I think, was the only person that was 21. So he was just going into the liquor store and and just bringing it back out to the hotel. It was like the first time having a hotel with the homies and like just being ridiculous, going to a strip club and getting yeah, wing, I mean, wings <laughs> at a strip club, <laughs> <laughs> getting, getting the all you can eat buffet at the strip club. And it was just hilarious, you know, we had a really good time, and then I was just, like, filming all the time, going to rehearsal, filming, like, the jams, and putting stuff that I guess would be considered, like, promotional material nowadays, just on the internet for the homies. And Well, that's where I got I, my uh, my early knowledge on the whole EPK, because, you know, you'd put them together, and they'd be like, you know, it'd be like a mini documentary, you know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know the EPK was a thing until, like, they got... Justin Rubenstein to be their manager or whatever. He's like, oh, yeah, you should put this together for an EPK. And I was like, what the hell is that? He's like, exactly what you're doing. I was like, oh, yeah, then I can do that. It's like, oh, yeah, I do that. But Yeah, oh, I already did it? Oh, yeah, cool, great. Um, but, yeah, and then I was filming shows, doing, like, then we started, like, getting a little more creative, doing, like, conceptualized music videos. And I did a couple with, like, the Gay Blades, Scott, um, all that stuff. But, I don't know, it just got to a point where, the tour managing kind of started, and then once everybody kind of like Parlor Mob was signed, Nicole was signed, and I just kind of thought that maybe that would that was going to be my in, you know, like that's how I was going to kind of build uh, my video career basis around, you know, oh, they're going to have money where I can hire a crew and rent more expensive gear and, and make a music video, and then when the time came for them to make music videos... I don't know who, I mean, no one really offered it to me right. ever, really. I mean, obviously, like, everybody was young, and I'm sure, like, labels and stuff like that weren't like, oh, yeah, just give it to your buddy. Here's $6,000. Have your buddy that has never done anything before. You know, obviously, that's not going to be their first choice. So right. once, once that didn't happen, I guess it was kind of like a, it just made me, like, take a step back and be like, oh, man, well, if my homies aren't going to hook it up, then who's going to hook it up? You know, how's it going to happen? So then I just started kind of doing more of the tour managing thing. And that's been, that's just been the route I've been on ever since. I mean, I think I, there was a, there was a period I did a, a 15 week tour 
with the parlor mob. That was the longest tour I ever did. 15 weeks, and that was intense. We we were getting in fights. Like, we hated each other by the end of it. We were Everybody was arguing. They were opening for a shitty band. They didn't like the band. The crowds weren't catered to their type of music. We were playing, like, third market cities where right. it's just, like, you know, rednecks, essentially, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think, like, the first Obama campaign and obviously, like, Everyone that was like supporting Obama in our crew, like Dave had an Obama shirt on his amp and like people were throwing bottles at them on stage. So the Holy vibe crap. was bad. The, the vibe was bad, you know? So after that 15 week tour and like be like, oh man, my friends are not getting along with me on tour. Like I think I took a, that's when I went back for the first time in a couple of years. I went back to the film thing and I was staying in Brooklyn and I was doing like just PA work. And then I actually started uh, studio managing for this green screen company. And that was all freelance, but it was like I was older now and all the gigs I was getting were like PA gigs, you know, like kids in college still. And I'm like 25, 26. And okay. it's just like, because I'm not up with the lingo. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's I'm like, you know, go much. get us a cup of coffee, go get us a cup of coffee type gig, you know, oh, okay. like, all the, right. those, you know, like go drive the van over there and, Personal Go assistant. Yeah, yeah, PA, production okay. assistant. A production assistant, production okay. So, uh, so that was like the gigs I was getting. Like all the kids that I was doing with were kind of younger. And I was just like, man, I've just been gone for too long that now I came back and I'm starting here. I mean, it's fine. I mean, the pay was fine. But it's, it was, just, was like wasn't where I was trying to be at that point. And then Nicole offered me a tour again at like around the same time where I was kind of getting burnt out on on the video stuff and film stuff and she's like oh yeah i'm opening for the black keys do you want to be my tour manager and i was like fuck it i'm out of here <laughs> so let's go on tour of the black keys i'm not going to get anybody coffee for a couple weeks let's go like it's chill that was the good tour then, that was uh that was brothers right or uh was that was that... brothers that was oh. like that was when they went from van life to three buses and stadiums you know so that was, that was life, wild man yeah but uh so that was pretty much the turning point. I've I've been tour managing ever since. So, but now now I'm here in LA and the touring thing's not that consistent. And who knows? You know, could go back to it. Could I don't? I have no concrete plans, Jay. Right, right. No, <laughs> hey, hey, I hear you. Hey, if you did, then you'd as be... you say, you could say my mom is a little disappointed in my future right now. <laughs> hey, well, you know, if you don't mind taking taking you back a little bit, I remember we were having a conversation when you uh, one of the times you moved back home. And, uh, you know, you were staying at home, we ran into each other and we, you know, you always give me the time of day, we shoot the shit about stuff, but, uh, you know, you're like, it's kind of weird being in my room and there's like this, you know, dinosaur wallpaper that's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, the dinosaur wallpaper. Dude. <laughs> you remember that, right? Yeah. My mom, but the best part was like, my mom was like, you want to get rid of that wallpaper? And I was like, no, dude, I love dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's been there so long. It's sort of replenished. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's yeah. My room, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure it's still there. <laughs> yeah. We convert, we had a good conversation that time and you were telling me about how, uh, you know, the, the film school wasn't really kind of just wasn't really going at the pace that you wanted to. I mean, I know like I found myself in a similar situation where I'm like, why am I fucking with all this bullshit when I kind of know what it is I want to do? And I know if I kind of take on just some heavier shit that, that, you know, I'll get my bumps and bruises, whatever, but I'll figure out how to do what it is I need to do and take it from there. Um, do you, do you have any regrets over that? Or are you just, you know, I mean, cause it seems like you turned it around yourself. So yeah, I mean, I don't have any regrets because I've done a lot of things and been to a lot of places and met a lot of people that I never, ever would have if it went any other way, you know? Like, so being at my age and at my point in my life, I mean, I can't really complain too much about right now. I, I live with my girlfriend. I got a dog. I got a house. I live a block from the beach in Southern California, and that seems pretty good, but the uncertainty of work and income of money. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's something that you kind of, I did to myself for sure. But I mean, it was worth it. You know? Yeah, yeah, man. Well, I look, you <laughs> I look, it was worth it. You know, it was worth it to be 30 years old and broke and have no health insurance. And yeah, it was worth it. Time of, like, <laughs> yeah. time of a lifetime. Yeah, it man. Was fine. Yeah, well, I not traded, for nothing. You know, I, the security for, 
for doing crazy, weird, ridiculous things, you know? Yeah, dude. Well, you get the you you get you get your balls to the flame, and uh, you just you, you figure it out. You know what I mean? You get your flexible. Uh, you know, you, you can pretty much do just about anything. Now, have you ever thought about like taking uh just like little cameras and stuff with you on the tour manager stuff and maybe putting together either a personal documentary, you know, taking you through your tour life and stuff like that, or for the bands, you know, for the labels. That'd be yeah. Good. The only thing with that though is nowadays, like, uh, well, first of all, people don't act true to themselves when a camera's on them for the most part, unless like it was like me and the parlor mob guys where we're already best friends right. and I had the camera so much that it was just second nature to everybody that there's a rose going to be there with a camera and it's fine. Cause whatever, you know, right, like right, it wasn't, right. but if you go somewhere and it's somebody that's not used to that and you take a camera out, you're not going to get really a natural sense of what it's like. You get you like know? reality TV. Like- <laughs> yeah. Like people walking to the camera and stuff like that. And you're just like, well, this isn't really what we were going for. So no, I don't really try and do that. I take pictures still and stuff. I have lots of pictures, but, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the problem with my boys, those are, I don't think they know any other way to act anyway. So it's just like, you know, they're, they're like the perfect, uh, I have so many, I have so many tapes of problem <laughs> up stuff. See, so you should put something together like that. Just a little, uh, you know, a little, uh, tale of, uh, yeah, Paul actually hit me up like a while ago and was like, do you still have those tapes? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, cause I think I forget what anniversary, however, the 20th anniversary of the <laughs> first part of uh, But it was like the anniversary of when they put out the, the first CD with Mark. And uh, he was like, it would be cool to like release it with a bunch of footage. And I was like, dude, I got it all. Most of it's on hard drives already organized. You know, just nice. let me know what you want to do. Wow. Oh, so he's listening. <laughs> Paul, have that shit. <laughs> you need it. Um, well, it sounds like, I mean, you still got your... Uh, your 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 organizing chops and that you've you've got it on the mind uh, at least a little bit here and there. I seen you uh, you ran into Judd Apatow. Had had that happen? Ah, uh, the Judd Apatow. That was on that Nicole Eels tour in Atlanta. They were filming uh, Anchorman Two nice. in Atlanta, and uh, I was selling merch, which is my least. I didn't bring that up as a responsibility as a tour manager, but merch fucking hate. <laughs> And Nicole knew I hated merch, uh, but um, I was working the merch table, and to sell merch, you pretty much have to sit there from the time doors open till everybody leaves, or else, you know, the only time you really can walk away is when the band is on stage, because nobody's going to be out there, they're all going to be in the room, you know? Right. And uh, the band was on stage, and for some reason, I think I was kicking it, because I was, like, talking to the other merch girl or something like that, and... Uh, Judd Apatow walked up to the booth, and I'm the biggest Freaks and Geeks fan, dude. Like, I love Judd Apatow and the Freaks and Geeks and all that stuff. So I knew who it was right away. And he's the only guy at the merch table. He's just kind of moseying around. And I don't really geek out on, like, meeting people, you know? But I was just like, oh, shit. Like, kind of psyched, you know? And then I was just like, <laughs> and I was like, hey, man. And I was like, <laughs> and just like, because I wasn't just 100% positive, I go, you're Judd Apatow, right? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I was like, awesome, dude. <laughs> I think that was all I said. You know, he's like, right. I was like, hey, man, here's a CD. And I gave him a free CD. And he's like, no, 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 I'll pay for it. And he like, gave me the money. And then I was like, sorry, man. I'm going to be that guy right now. Need a picture. And he's like, yeah, dude, it's fine. Nobody's here. I was like, all right, cool. Sick, it. sick. Because that usually starts that was, the uh... – you know, One little fanboy moment, but it was fine. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that Freaks and Geeks stories, that, that's pretty nuts. Uh, I was listening to um, mm-hmm. a bunch of interviews with, uh, with you know, mainly those, the, the guys that became, you know, the stars of that show. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, selling merch. Uh, I guess, well, you know, to keep to kind of keep it current um, and just like a little series for a second, but uh, selling merch, like uh, what do you think about that whole uh, Paris thing with the Eagles of Death Metal? I mean, that, that was crazy, you know, like uh... – it was one of those things that I was out. I think I was out just like walking the dog or something like that. And uh, Q, Nicole's husband, texted me and he was like, he's like, can you believe T, man? And T is the Scottish guy I was just talking about with the lazy eye and all that stuff. And I was like, what? He's like, 
he's driving into Paris right now. Like that guy's always in the thick of it. And I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, fuck Paris. You know, like something like, oh yeah, right, it's right, a right. shitty, shitty city to be driving into because it is like a pain in the ass city in Europe. Uh, and he's like, he's like, no, dude, have you seen the news? And I was like, what? He's like, Eagles of Death Metal concert just got like hostages, like shot up, all this craziness. And I was like, oh my god. And and I obviously like came home, put on the news, and it was just all you saw and like the number count on people and stuff like that that they were throwing up there was just like insane and yeah i mean you you instantly put yourself in the situation because it could easily happen to anybody where the the only crew member that they lost i think was uh the merch was the manager merch guy. yeah because he's, he's the front of the venue you know i mean he was right there and if that's where they started going at it and he's got nowhere to be you know so I mean, luckily for everybody in the band and crew, they were all able to escape, and there was a lot of brave people doing a lot of amazing things in there. I've I, I watched the whole interview on Vice that they just recently put out, and uh, it's just, you know, it's a terrible thing, because then it just changes everything after that, you know? Nothing will ever be how it was before that, you know? Right, Just right. like any sort of crazy terrible act that happens it just changes everything yeah you know? it changes well that's why i asked about the the canadian border when we uh, first got talking because uh i wouldn't think that that's you know that that would be too crazy up there but yeah it's kind of dumb i don't really know what the like the reasons are why it's so ridiculous mainly it's like you could get away with a lot of things going to canada but duis they just it's a felony so if anybody in your crew has ever had one or you know, anything sort of like that, they're going to pull you out and you're going to be held up and you're going to have to be questioned and all this stuff. And it's just kind of unnecessary. So that's the one reason, because, you know, touring musicians and rock stars, like people drink and <laughs> we're drunk. Yeah. Obviously people have been arrested for peeing in public before or something like that. And it's just like any sort of arrest record, they're wow. going to question you. Well, that's crazy uh, with the whole DUI thing. Cause I know Buffalo is, is up there. Um, right by, uh, you know, close by um, Niagara Falls and stuff. And I actually heard that it's actually like a, it's almost like a pastime in Buffalo to, to drive drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you ever I hear, mean, you hear anything about that? No. Uh, to the point of where uh, Uber actually made it out to Buffalo and, uh, and just, and couldn't survive because people are just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just drive myself home. <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, Half the year, they just got like two feet of snow. So, uh, you know, people are just like, ah, there's no cops out. Right. There's two feet of snow. Oh, I'm swerving because it's, uh, I live in an ice world, you know? Right, right. It's eight weeks of like anything to do. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, there's so eight that's... feet of snow. So, if you could, uh, if you could pick a place that you visited and stay forever, where would it be? Oh, man. I thought about that one for a while. Uh, pretty much the only other place. I mean, I never ever really saw myself in Southern California, but here I am, and you know, I'm, I'm I love it here. Um, definitely surpassed all expectations. Of Long Beach is not LA, so it's very different than I don't. I don't think I'd ever survive in LA. I would just get kind of bummed out on that whole scene of how everybody thinks they're going to be a celebrity. You know, it's kind of sad, but um. New Orleans. I could probably survive in New Orleans for a while. That's funny. I saw the the one picture of New Orleans, and that's actually what prompted me to uh, to ask the question. Yeah, I could definitely survive in New Orleans. It's just, it's definitely the only city that in the U.S. to me that doesn't necessarily feel like it's the U.S., you know? Right, right. It's such a strong subculture that when you're there, you feel like you're in an entirely different place. So I could see myself there. I could... I don't know how long I would last because it's just an intense party scene. But Portland, if it wasn't so over the top and so rainy, I could probably survive there for a while. And then if I was going to do Europe, uh, Barcelona was amazing. And I could see myself in Barcelona and even Amsterdam. Amsterdam's not what you think it is. For most people, like everyone thinks it's going to be like New Orleans as far as like partying in the streets and people wasted, but right, it's really nice. Yeah, no, it's really nice. It's really mellow. The only people that are really over the top about the, the whole weed thing are 
you know, there's a certain part of the town for that, like the certain type of bars where it's just like, yeah, all the idiots that are like, I'm so high right now. <laughs> Those type of guys are just like, yeah, but that's not that's not the vibe of the city when they're when you're there, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, I just uh, uh, Barcelona, New Amsterdam, Orleans, Barcelona, New Orleans. All right, well, that's a that's a that's a good mix right there. Mm-hmm. I just but I've also um, never been to Asia at all or Australia. Well, there you go. So Australia. That, that, that might sway me if I went to those places. Well, get on that, man. You got to find an Australian band uh, and get on the uh, Australian leg. Yeah. And... I want to go to a place where I feel like I have n- no idea what's happening around me, you know? And Asia would be like that, you know? Where it's just like, <laughs> whoa, I have no idea what this culture is about. I have no idea what any of these things say. And let's do this. I'm going to eat go. a tarantula. But as long as I got a guide with me, let's go, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I just went to uh, Iceland with uh, with Liz for it was like four days, and it was cool out there, man. You know, it was like Reykjavik was like a mixture yeah. of like a mini New York City and like Asbury Park. You know, it was walking distance mm-hmm. from like you know some pretty cool suburbs. We were in this hotel, a little far away, because you know we kept it cheap. But it was nice there, man. You know, the people were nice. You know, the cars. Yeah, didn't... that's on. That's on top five visiting bucket list for me for sure yeah man northernmost capital of the world i'm pretty i'm kind of proud yeah. of myself i mean you can if you can deal with the darkness majority of the year then yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it was weird you know the sun would come up and it's just beautiful sort of... but you can only see the beauty for uh three months out of the year otherwise <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just depression <laughs> <laughs> that was nice though um what was i gonna say shit i don't know i think we just Pretty much covered uh covered most of it. Reykjavik. We're just gonna leave it on Reykjavik. We're That's your wrap up. Leave, leave it That's out. your big finale. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forgot what you you were saying something and I totally <laughs> lost track of fucking what I was saying. All right. You go do your research and your homework and you work on your next minds podcast. Who's the next guest we got? Uh, I'm not sure yet, man. I'm kinda I'm kinda closing it closing the year off a little what's tight. up with the what's up with the Jeff Plate? He seems like a pretty busy guy that's got a lot going on in Asbury. What's up with him? Yeah, I gotta check him out. I gotta check him out. I haven't seen him lately. I used yeah. to run into him a lot, but uh um I'm just starting to get myself out there. It's it's going things are going pretty good. Um mm-hmm. Uh, the you know the year like year end is like is tight because all holidays and shit and people are trying to like not spend money not get out so it's been kind of crazy getting people down here just recently but um you know I got some some good things set up for the for the end of the year uh, I'm gonna kind of change things up for the new year coming but it's just gonna be you know tightening things up and working my craft and and getting into this whole thing um you know I just I'm really into like you know comedy and just like writing and just like you know sketch stuff and all that you know not that i'm any sort of comedian but just the things that those guys study and the way they go about certain things and just like the different methods that different um you know comedians have it's all it's all just going into the pot you know and i'm stirring it around trying to you know figure out what kind of what kind of writer i am what kind of researcher you know how to take notes and stuff and for the most part it comes pretty easy i mean I, i i spent zero time doing it in school so i figured at some point in my life i gotta I gotta figure out how to do it. So, but it's going yeah. well. It's going yeah. well. So, uh, how can anybody get a hold of you? Like, what, like, what do you, what do you have out there as far as like, um, I know you said word of mouth for the, uh, for the the tour managing gig, but um, do you have like a website or anything? I have no website. I have uh, no business cards. I have uh, a cell phone, and I have an email address, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you got your Instagram. I got the Instagram, but I mean, that's, you know, that's just what it is. That's just a picture of dogs and uh, a bunch of other stuff, you know? Yeah, it's your life, man. That's, it's funny because I hit you up on the Instagram. Instagram is not my life, Jay. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I hit you up on there, and then you just texted me at my number, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I got yeah text messages. <laughs> yeah, man. I got a smartphone now, too, man. Jesus. Yeah, you can do all sorts of things. Yeah, right, look at me. All right, man. Fucking Reykjavik. Yeah, Reykjavik, dude. Fucking the climax of this movie is Reykjavik. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> it's a surprise ending. It was definitely. A... All right, Joe. Good to hear from you. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon, man. Later on. Later. Oh hey, um, 
So that's the show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. If you know Joe, uh, you got to hear you know his personality come through. Uh, you got to hear what he's been up to for the last few years. Um, if you had any questions about uh, his production company, you know the status of that too. I'll be sure to uh, hit him up, as as I've actually been doing with um, a bunch of the people that I've been talking to down here. Just anything that pops up into my head as far as ideas, um, you know, maybe something to try or an angle or, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. I mean, ideas are just ideas, and it doesn't hurt to um, to shoot them out to people that, that you are, you know, that you care about, that you want to see do things with their future and, and with their crafts and, uh, you know, see them twist and turn in, in different ways and keep it, you know, things fresh and interesting. So, um, I got a couple ideas that, you know, I'll shoot his way. Uh, and I've been shooting some ideas to, um, to a couple other people and it's been, it's been, it's, it's fun just, you know, keeping contact with, uh, with fellas. I got a fellow podcaster that I've been, uh, communicating with pretty much on, on the daily basic. And we got some stuff cooking up for, for 2016, so keep your eyes out for that. Uh, I really need to start working on my 2015 wrap-up episode. Um, I'm waiting for one more guest to, to just come down for, for a couple minutes just to shoot the shit about what's been up in 2015. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then you will hear from me. I mean, I got a couple ep- more episodes to, to put up for this year uh, before my, my wrap-up episode, but... Um, I'm just, I guess, just uh, letting you know what's in store for 2016. There's a few things I'd like to make adjustments on in the 2016 year. Um, as I said before, there are not resolutions. These are actual adjustments I'd like to make in my real life, real-time adjustments. And I hope you got your shopping done. If you're going out there after you hear this, whether it's uh, first thing in the morning or, uh, or in the afternoon or in, in the evening. Uh, or if you're listening to this on Christmas Eve, you better get the get the move on because uh, the stampedes are just they're, they're waiting. They're waiting. They're, 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 their eyes are their eyes are on those those dead roads just waiting for them to start filling up and that anxiety to build and, and realize that uh, that their last minute has turned into a, a, uh, tidal wave of uh, last-minute shoppers that's just, you know, has resulted in, in past years in a stampede and then somebody dies, and it's sad, all because you didn't get out there in a timely fashion. So that being said, I will see you again on Saturday. I will be ready. Look out for my 2015 wrap-up episode. 2016, here we come. Uh, if there's a party out there, I'd like to get in that and be in that, but probably not. It's okay. Getting old anyway. 